Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Tradecast, as we're just going to do one of these every single day, I guess, because that's the way things are going. Just uh, 20 minutes ago, the Avs have made another trade, this time with the Minnesota Wild. The Avs acquire Nico Sturm for Tyson Jost, one for one in uh, what the kids call a hockey trade, I suppose. Um, uh, Let's be honest here. Yes, we'll get into the trade of Tyson Jost for Nico Sturm, but we all agree this feels like a pre-move for another move. This frees up uh, about 1.3 mil in cap. It, it's just setting up for something bigger, it feels like. Before before we get into that, I'm, people are going to know that you know Jesse and I, who have built a relationship with Tyson over the last few years, are going to be bummed about this. Yeah. Yep. Um, that that you know Tyson Jost is a really you know we talked about it on our asset show, which now feels like a hundred years ago, <coughs> and <clears throat> he's a great he's a great dude, uh, and he works really hard and he's absolutely dedicated uh, to the game and and he's a really he's a really quality human being, yeah, and it always sucks when you lose one of those out of your locker room. I don't know anything about Nico Sturm as a person. I only know things about him as a hockey player, but I definitely, you know, not that Tyson would ever watch our, watch the show or anything, but um, we're putting it out into the universe that we were always very appreciative of the time that he took to talk to us, to be cool with us, to chat and to just be, just be a really good dude. Yeah. Um, it sucks that it didn't work the way that we all wanted to when he got drafted. And then he never quite lived up to that billing. Uh, it sucks that there's a portion of this fan base who's never been able to get over the fact that he was drafted 10th overall and appreciate him for the player that he was faults and all, and just, just enjoy who he was as a player and instead constantly find reasons to be pissed off and and angry at at the player that he wasn't and i think that i think that that always is really going to suck and i think that on a day like this and if you're one of those people hanging out in our chat you should probably not be here today um because i think i i just don't think that this is a time to dance on the grave of the people who really liked a really good quality human being well so you know Eric johnson talked yesterday after practice you know, when I asked him about trade deadline, or are you just want this to be over? And he made the comment, I, I think he used the term three different times, human element. Um, and, and he said, there's going to be, there's potentially going to be a guy or two here that has his life uprooted. Um, and, and it's going to be hard on the team, hard on that player. Uh, this is definitely one of those situations where, um, uh, yeah, before we get into the, the hockey side of it, just echoing kind of what AJ said and building off of it, um, especially when you were around the team, uh, Tyson Jones was a very easy guy to root for, very easy guy to want to see be successful. Um, he, he always just reminded me, like you meet people growing up playing hockey that are just, you know, rink rats. They're, they're, they're just hockey yeah. junkies. They love everything about the game, being at the rink, being around teammates, um, and, and, you know, just love everything about hockey. And Tyson Josh was always one of those people. And it was one of the reasons why I, I always thought it would click for him. And 
uh, we've said, I, I, I'll, I'm going to fix my auto here once I'm done with this little dialogue. Uh, but I, I've always been of the belief that if it didn't work out here, he's a great candidate to go somewhere else and have it work out. Um, I don't know if Minnesota is that place for him, uh, but really bummed to see him go on the person side of it. Um, I maybe don't feel as bad uh, when you get into the actual hockey stuff, but uh, just echoing what AJ said and touching on what EJ mentioned yesterday, um, well, tough moment on the personal level. And we're definitely, I definitely want to start with that and, and say that on a personal level, like as, as people that really like Tyson Jost um, as a, as a person, as a human being, we're bummed, you know, this happened in the middle of a, we do, we do weekly meetings to make sure that we're all doing our jobs correctly. And this happened in the middle of that meeting and we kind of had to bail out of it to get into this. Um, and it, it was just sad. It's just sad. It's just sad. I was. I had accepted that Jost was probably going to be gone at this deadline. Um, it's doing something, going somewhere as part of something. Uh, it didn't really look like this in my head, but it is what it is. Uh, but I, I, I did want to start before we get into talking about the hockey side of this because I feel like we're probably going to come out on this being a positive end. Yeah, I think so. Um, this being a positive move for the hockey team in the pursuit of the Stanley Cup. But the fact that if they win the Cup now this year, that he won't be one of the guys that gets to raise it is going to hurt. Yeah. Just from a human being yep. standpoint. I, I think Jesse put it a great way when he talked about the human element, right? It's it's so easy to root for the people, right? Especially mm -hmm. good people like Tyson. Well, and when you get into this bit, when you get into this business, the one thing that, that you will learn quickly is that your fandom of teams goes away real quick. <laughs> it, it, it certainly gets chipped away at and your fandom of people and rooting for the right kinds of people and rooting for rooting for the, the type of people that you want to see succeed goes way up. Well, first of all, is this audio better? This is yes. much better. It's a million times better. <laughs> uh, so first, you know, Jeff Merrick is actually, he he's one of my, he puts it maybe my favorite way. Once you really get into it and you start working, you stop rooting so much for teams and you root for, for individuals and for storylines. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, Tyson Jokes was someone that I rooted for. Like seriously, every week I'd be like, maybe this is the week that it just clicks for Tyson Jost. And he puts it. I mean, we talked about him yes yesterday, two days ago. Yeah, no, yesterday. And I was saying it was yesterday. I, just, I, I watched him at practice and he's the skill is just overflowing. When he's yep. out there just messing around with with pucks, um, you know, shooting around, like he's got so much skill. Um and and so I always thought he'd maybe put it together. We'll see. Um, if, if he does, like I said, I, I don't know if Minnesota is the place that suddenly he has all the tools for him, but, um, yeah, I guess we, we can get into the hockey side of it. Cause like you said, I, I think this will have a much more I mean, positive spin. I, I do want to say, we hope Tyson Jones continues to succeed. Doesn't matter that he's traded to Minnesota. I know Minnesota yeah. is wildly un unpopular with this fan base, but yep. Tyson Jones, the player, we still want him to go have a long, good hockey career. Uh, and he will. I mean, he, he'll be 
Matt Calvert, right? And you obviously hope it doesn't end with the, the concussion stuff, but you know, Pierre Edward Belmar, he is the exact type of guy that will, as he stays in the league, continues to improve, continues to get better, continues to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's gone through some playoff runs now with the abs. Um, he will be someone that will have a very long productive career and, and he'll have, he'll have one year somewhere along the way when he's 28, 29, where it'll, it'll come together for a season and he'll be a 17, 18 goal guy, mid 40 points. He'll get a nice little extension, nice little contract, and then probably won't ever hit it again, but he'll have the one year where he'll get paid. I, I will say uh, he's really terrible on faceoffs right now, but the way that that kid works on his game mm-hmm. relentlessly it would not be surprising for me at all two years from now to look up and see that he's winning 53% of his faceoffs. Right. And, and, and he's again, just that kind of dude. Th- that's a great way of putting it. The way he works on his game, Nathan McKinnon gets a lot of credit for how hard he works, and he's the first one. First one on the ice, last one off. There are so many days where Tyson Jost is with Nathan McKinnon first on, last off type of thing. So, um, yeah, he works really hard. Good good dude. Um, bummed to see him go. Definitely when we talked about how this deadline was going to tinker with the chemistry a little bit as they try and go really big, um, this was definitely one of the things that we thought was – probably coming down the pipeline and was going to hurt the locker room in the immediate and that not that. And again, Nico Sturm might be an awesome dude who fits in perfectly and there's never an issue. Right. Um, but with Jost, you know that he was one of those guys. He had grown with this group. He had gone through all those ups and downs with them. He had taken the hard losses with this group and, you know, Okay, I'm still I'm still hopeful that Colorado makes a big old cup run and all that, but uh, there will be if that does happen, there will be part of me that is like, I hope Tyson isn't watching this right now, or that he's not resentful about it. So, off the ice, definitely two different people, and we're wishing wishing Tyson Jost the best on the ice. If Tyson Jost suddenly grew four inches and gained thirty pounds, would there really be any difference between him and Nico Sturm? Well, it, he grew four inches, gained 30 pounds, won a bunch of face-offs, and was having a solid year. Um, he could be Nico Sturm, sure. Okay. Because uh, that's that's where the that's where the, the, all of the sad Tyson stuff is going to go away, is that the, rea- the reality is, is that we saw Jost really take off when he was tied to, to Val Nachushkin, especially last year. But without Nachushkin... And without some of a, you know, without a really good fourth line guy there to support him, he could not carry that line on his own. He just couldn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't good enough. Um, he did not play good enough hockey to 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 carry a fourth line and to be a centerpiece of a line. He was only ever as good as the people put around him, and that was tough when you kind of had that talent drop off. You know, part of part of the problem with the hollowed out depth from last season's team is that it really showed on that fourth line. You know, Darren Helm really has not uh, has not lived up to expectations. It hasn't helped solidify anything, really. And you know, Nicholas Abe Kubel had a good start with the team and hasn't done a whole lot since. 
Um, it's just gotten quieter and quieter, and the complete lack of production from that fourth yeah. line just, well, they, I mean, it completely dried up and disappeared. The initial upside of Kubel was, hey, this dude is scoring goals for you. That's what your right. depth needs a little bit, and yeah. it just completely stopped. Yep. Yeah, no, it's and, – and we'll get into the money side of it. But, again, when I – so when I – Got the got the release. My brain, obviously, you know, your brain starts going right away. And I was like, well, I I don't really get why they made this deal one for one. Is it just a change of scenery thing? Weird kind of move to make with a guy that you know is popular. But then literally, I mean, 10 seconds after digging into it, exactly. Uh, it You start connecting the dots. You start with the size. <laughs> I mean, literally... Tyson Jones did just grow four inches and gain 30 pounds for the abs. You know what I mean? Like that is kind of how you have to look at it and then hit it nail on the head. AJ, you are saving just shy of 1.5 on your cap and you get a player, you get to save that money and you're not having to plug that Tyson Jost hole with a call up with someone Mm -hmm. who you're hoping can work out. Right. Right. Which is really where that, that conversation is. 100%. 100%. You are getting a player that you think can fill that role just as well, if not better than Tyson Jost. As, as hard as Tyson Jost's work, he's a little, he's, a, he's an energizer bunny. But Nico Sturm, a little bit bigger, a little bit harder to move off a puck, um, just gives you that little bit more heavier element we saw them add yesterday with Josh Manson. A much better archetype as a fourth line guy because Tyson Jost's right. challenge. His really his entire NHL career is that as it became more and more obvious that he was not going to be able to that the the talent around him pushed him down the lineup that the, the talent that the Avs acquired pushed him down the lineup and it became obvious that he was going to have to figure out how to survive in the NHL as a depth guy uh, and that he'd never been that guy he'd never had to play that kind of physical grinder style he'd never had to play that you know board battles and and you know, grind out cycle heavy, cycle heavy. Like he'd never done anything like that before, and he was trying to do it in the best league in the world on a cup contending team that had very high expectations for itself. Um, so it was, it you know, eventually as they were growing, you know, he it's just, it's just a it's just a tough it's a tough thing for for Jost um, because he he had to figure it out on the fly. Whereas Nico Sturm is just much more natural fit. Yeah, five dollars for... from MJ Seahawk here. Good luck, Josie. I hope the best for you. We got so much more physical in the last twenty-four hours. Thank you for the five. Yeah, and and you know, I I don't think that they moved him because of the size. It's not that I, I think, think they so wanted the no, more yeah, size, but that's almost more no. of just like an added bonus. Where there's so many other things about this swap that makes sense for the Avs. And then you stack the size on top of it, and why wouldn't you take that? You know, I don't think that Jost's size was a catalyst for moving him, but I think yeah. that Sturm's size is one of the selling points in in targeting him. I, yeah, that's a much better that, way of. In that I don't return. even know if it's <laughs> that high say, on yeah. the list of selling points. To be honest with you, look across the board, and it feels like on the ice, Sturm is probably the better player in most, if not all, categories here. Now. Yeah. Granted, 
Sturm is a pending UFA, whereas Joe's yeah. is an RFA. He's twenty. He's twenty six though, uh, and as a pending UFA, who right now has nineteen points, you're you're talking about a guy that you could probably bring back if you wanted. You know, we talked about bringing back Josh Manson and how that might be a little difficult. Someone's mic is doing things. It appears to be AJ's. Well, it's gone now. <laughs> If you wanted to bring him back, uh, I think the price on Sturm probably will not be much. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, because I mean, he's he's seven twenty five right now. Like that's just there's just there's a lot of these things that essentially, even if you want to say he's the exact same player as Tyson Jost, again, They're not. Right, right, I, I right. But even if you wanted to say that, because there's you know a handful of people in the chat saying I don't get it. Points are the same. That you're not really concerned with the points, but uh, yeah, there's just there's a bunch of little things where you say he's a little bit better penalty killer. He's much better on faceoffs. Mm-hmm. He does have the size. Again, Tyson Jokes is a bull, is is you know a, a little pit bull. He, he gets hit. He gets back up. But you don't want someone who's just getting run over and getting back up. You want someone who can go out there, initiate some of that contact, be physical, uh, and it frees up the space to improve your lineup, up up your lineup. And and it's just this move makes a lot of sense for me. The, with every little bit that you dig into it, starting at the surface, every layer you go into it, it makes more and more sense. $10 from Brandon Watson here. Since he played more than 44 games this year, I think, can Joe's name go on the cup? Um, they got to win it first. <laughs> they do have to win it first. And can, as far as I know, a hockey team gets so many slots to put whoever's name they want on the cup. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't, they don't even have to have any qualifications. They can put, I think it's like five or six names that they can just choose to put on the cup. So yeah. I, I, want to get back to Sturm here because I don't think that this is a negligible deal. Uh, The fourth line, yes. The grades, uh, I don't know what that guy who who only comments about Tyson Jost is going to do now. Genuinely. I don't know what he's going to, I don't know what he's going to talk about. We have a dude that only ever talks about Tyson Jost in the comments on the site. So I'm super curious how his life changed today. Um, but with, with Sturm, like that fourth line had not been giving you anything for a while now. I mean, we're not like LOC has been overplayed. Um, and we've talked about how that is not, that's not okay. Like they need help there. TT Confer hasn't, hasn't done a whole lot. Nicholas Abe Kubel hasn't done a whole lot. Um, it's it's not just that it was not just Tyson Jost, but Tyson Jost at two million dollars is the one that stood out as a, a tr- an, an easy like an easy trade target because of uh, his age and and his RFA status and you know like you're just you can just see it. Uh, and this this makes classics like in the classic sense of you're trying to get bigger, you're trying to get more physical, you're trying to get harder to play against. That's two moves in a row that address that. Yep. And uh, in a in a vacuum, in a one for one, 
just swap Sturm and, and Jost in your lineup, I think that this accomplishes that goal, especially because you were just getting so little out of Jost this year that getting anything out of Sturm will feel like you've won you've won the, the deal. Again, I feel like anything of on ice product here that's an upgrade is a win because the Avs saved <clears throat> 1.3 million in cap. Yeah. Your mic is not working, Jesse. So they do save that money. Uh, they got the retention. They got the retention off of uh, Anaheim and the Manson deal. I'm, I'm, I, I just, the, I think all of this is setting up for what I've been talking about for a while. That they're about to, they're about to go all in with this. They're going to go hard in the paint. They're going to treat this deadline as as Stanley Cup 1.0 to go win Stanley Cup 2.0 later. Like yeah. they're going to I think they're going to crush this deadline. They're going to go ham. One and I don't want us to understate the 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 salary part of it like at all. So many of those trades that we did including myself there were so many of them that we did and, and, and that we've talked about like, oh, well, you'll need to you'll need to roster dump. You'll need to cap dump somewhere. You'll need someone to just take the money for nothing, for a late round pick, whatever. But you just, again, arguably, arguably got better and saved the money. One of those players that you were looking at that you're probably going to have to cap dump, you just got. If nothing else, a a one for one replacement for them, which again yeah. I don't think any of us feel like. I think we all pretty much feel like this is an upgrade, yeah. given what they need out of that player, uh, in, in that fourth line center role, and you somehow almost dumped. I mean, more than half of that salary, so just a, a, a really nice move by Sackick to accomplish everything that he needed to with this trade going all the way back to where we started it. You, you can just tell that this is still continuing to set up in the same way that the Landy LTIR you felt like was setting up something and they go out and get Josh Manson and don't give up any players off their roster. You felt like that was setting up for something. All of these seem to just be kind of, going one right after you, we use the term a lot this time of year, look for a domino to fall. Dominoes They're starting are falling, to fall. Yeah. And we're seeing them fall one into the, you know, one into the next. Uh, $5 from Josh. I don't understand why the wild went for this though. The, this helps the abs a lot and only really hurts them. I love Josie, but this seems one-sided. So for the wild, Nico is a pending UFA and yeah. it, it, probably pretty apparent the fact that they were willing to move him that they weren't interested in re-signing him or at very least not at whatever number they had talked about so they went and got tyson jost as an rfa someone that a lot of people in the league probably still see as having at least some upside to his game yeah well and and having the two million dollars that's that's a small number for them to be able to work around that they can put into their lineup and <clears throat> maybe Maybe he plays up. Maybe the change of scenery helps him. Maybe a different system, a different style helps him break out and become more of the player that we thought 
was the the abs were hoping to get when they drafted him and if, maybe right it, like that's always that's always the hope of the pedigree guy there's a no downside for the wild here right if yeah. things go horribly for the next 22 games and then they let tyson just walk and they're still in the same spot they were with well he still has game. next year under contract so he's not sure. walking but so they play him 100 games then and it goes terribly, yeah. and then he walks and it, they don't really have to no qualify difference. him yeah. next summer you know and it's well, whatever and- like Bill Guerin said that one of the things that they are trying to do this year is because they're very well aware of their cap situation. They are trying to get as many certain things on the books for next year. So they know what their cap hit is going to look like. And they just got rid of a guy that again, maybe it comes in right around or less than the Tyson Jost number. Um, But they now have a, a, touch more assurance of what their roster will look like. Yeah. They have cost certainty. Right. They they know, they know. And, and at $2 million, like it's just not, it's just not that big of a deal. Right. Now, the only thing that I do think is interesting. And again, these are depth pieces. So I guess maybe it's not that big of a deal. It is, it it is just a little unusual to see two teams that will, there's a good chance we'll have to play each other in the playoffs, um, make a deadline swap. But again, I don't really think that's that big of a deal given that you, you kind of just swapped fourth liners. <laughs> if either of those guys are making a massive impact on a playoff series against one another, then what can you do? Yeah. So to get into Sturm the player. Um, wait, 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 wait. With the answer, the most important question first. Oh, team male model. Yep. yep, yep, yep team yep, yep, yep. male model. Yes or no, chat? Is that a male model right there? Uh, got a secondary picture. He look. He's got some. Uh, he's got some Ivan Drago vibes to me. Yeah. A little bit of that going on. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if that helps or hurts you in the male model category. But that's what you're working with. All right. Got a couple yeses, couple noes. <laughs> so the one other thing that I wanted to touch on. Just Chat wants to fuck people, him. So yeah. yep. It's a hard yes. Uh, talking about locker room chemistry, you know, one thing that Joe Sackick mentioned uh, when he did his midseason availability was just how much he stays in contact with not only Jared Bednar and the coaches, but that leadership core, Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, Eric Johnson, Kale McCarr. Um, when they're talking about stuff like this and the fact that EJ mentioned it yesterday, um, to me, I, I, I would imagine that this was something that was probably run by at least one or two of those guys. Hey, <laughs> probably going to be moving on. You know, we have an offer for Jost. How much of an issue do you think that'll be? Um, so I, I do just want to throw that out there that I would – have to imagine uh, this is something that was at least run by that leadership group. But yeah, Nico Sturm, the player. Yep. That was uh, me. Yeah. Sam, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Let's just let's just get into his uh his statistical <laughs> chart. Nico here. is deaf chokeable. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> he does have a pretty pretty yeah. solid neck there. For sure. No idea how this became our brand. Uh, honestly, the underlying numbers here uh, pretty decent, other than he plays against almost exclusively fourth lines around the league. 
And that's fine. If he's winning the fourth line battle, then that's a step up for Colorado. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, look, even, even with those numbers going down this year compared to last year, is he, is he having a worse year? Yeah. But is he playing better competition just because <laughs> they're not playing against that horrible, horrible division of teams from last season? Yeah. <laughs> and you look at him and he's, for a fourth line guy, this is all, all of this is fine. The fact that he does not, uh, he does not put you in any kind of penalty trouble. He only has eight penalty minutes this year. He only had 17 last year. Um, he does not put you in any kind of penalty trouble at all. Yep. Now, one of the things that you're losing in Jost is a guy that draws a lot of penalties. Yep. Sturm doesn't do that. He doesn't. He's drawn six penalties this season. That's Jost not a lot. Around like 20 or something. So. Yeah. There were, Jost was, Jost was near the top of the abs. Yeah. He had 20, yep. he has 24, but with, He'd also taken 15, so he was giving some of that back. Sure. Um, with with Sturm, it's just not going to be part of the conversation. Uh, what will be part of the conversation, he's on the PK. Yep. And at he's winning faceoffs at a, about a 51% clip, so you really just drop him in there in Tyson Joseph's spot. One for one, bam. You put him in that spot. You go from a guy that's winning 36% of his face-offs to 51%. On, that's obviously going to help you. On the PK side of things, he is a, a net positive on Minnesota's PK, about 5% better than uh, their PK without him. So positive impact there. Not a, not a huge one. Yeah, it's, it's not minus two, But he's not going to step onto your PK and you're going to watch it blow up or anything. Yeah, all of this is just saying – He's solid. Yep. Which, again, going back to what we've talked about so much this year, that is what you're looking for out of your fourth line. And the Avs haven't gotten that nearly enough. Uh, you know, <laughs> the he's fine. Yeah. And no, straight up. The he's fine. The fourth line had a solid night. The fourth line did its job. Not nearly enough of that. Um, the other night against the Flames, that was one thing. Rudo sent out a tweet and was talking about the, the fourth line and, uh, although it was kind of in flux with, uh, yeah, there were only two fourth liners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, and I tweeted back at him and basically said, yeah, they're playing in the right end though. Yep. And that's what they had not been getting. They've been, they've been getting crushed too often. They've just been losing the fourth line battle too frequently. Um, to the point where they had to try and buoy the fourth line with one of their top pairing guys or both of them. Uh, and now you're hoping that this just this is the min-maxing in effect right here. You're just trying to get a little, you're trying to raise the floor of your team just a little bit more. Uh, and and Sturm addresses a number of things, you know, the the small things like it's funny. Oh, your penalties don't get called in the playoffs. Well, we talk endlessly about how important the penalty kill is come postseason. We talk how important faceoffs are come postseason. Well. If he only has to win three faceoffs, uh, in in you know to to start a PK or whatever, great. Yep. You want a guy that's more of a fifty percent guy than a guy that's at thirty six percent? You're like, well, that's an auto loss. <laughs> so it makes you just it makes you just that much better in in a small 
in a small area. So I, I for me this looks like a this looks like an easy like a, an easy win for the Avs. It's a small win for the Avs. Yep. Uh, and then could be could end up great for Minnesota down the road if Joe lives up to that full potential. Could be a guy that this is easily a guy that Colorado could decide, hey, we want to keep this guy around for a couple of years. It's a very easy for uh, I think it's very easy if they they give him a one or two year deal in the offseason. Yep. It's again looking at his offensive numbers here. Minnesota's marginally better can, offensively can go, without him. But... Back to the width. I just want to know who the hell is shooting that yeah. much from the left With- point. Which defenseman is just yeah. bombing away with the fourth line? <laughs> like, which guy has just decided this is my green light with the fourth line on the ice? I'm I'm only shooting if I touch the puck. <laughs> like Ryan Graves is in New Jersey. What's going on here? Is that Golagowski? I hope so. But and you'll notice through all these numbers, they're all right around league average. Yeah. It's not going to be anything too impressive one way or another when it comes to Sturm. So, yeah, the even strength defense is better without Sturm on the ice, but they're a pretty solid defensive team. So, still um, minus three compared to league average with Sturm yeah, on the ice. exactly. You're talking you're talking compared to league average with Sturm on the ice. They're doing a good job. So, uh, Dumbo's right handed. So. Well, Think probably not unless he's doing yeah, some so just one wild timers. stuff yeah <laughs> uh no the, you know guys honestly like i think i think we've kind of covered a lot of this deal um and, and again just i i really do i think this is this is the setup for the next one um yep. you know pierre lebrun and a couple people floated out last night that they are hearing the abs are poking back around with philly I'm talking Giroux. I know Florida's in there as well. Uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be a few teams that, that are going to want in on, on a player like that. But um, we mentioned it yesterday. Claude Giroux has got – he's got his hand on the wheel in terms of where he goes. And um, the abs are, are setting up to do something, or at least to try to do something. And that's – again, at, at, at worst, at worst, you made a one-for-one one swap. Um, I, I think we all see it as you actually got a little bit of an upgrade while also saving money. Yeah, you get you get incrementally better. You save enough money to get a lot better next week. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think that's that's definitely the big play here. Um, what does that big better end up being? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it. it I, I just can't shake that it's not Claude Giroux. I can't either. I think it is, but. I mean, I don't think it is, man. I think it's something else. As much as we've talked about how Drew is a perfect fit, I, I think that, I think they're going to do something out of left field. I, I'm happy to talk about whatever it is. So. Did you guys, uh, Elliot Friedman, yesterday on 32 Thoughts. Is today Tuesday? Yeah. Today is Tuesday. Yesterday on 32 Thoughts said that he was told, and he wasn't given any specifics, he said that someone sent him a text saying, keep an eye on Colorado-Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could we could kind of roll around in this mud for a minute, but and, was, and there, was there was there anything no that made idea. sense? No, because I, I, I saw the same thing, and I just did not. I I looked, and I was like, like somebody tweeted at me and was like Ryan Murray for Kerfoot, and I'm like, yeah, all right, I guess that makes sense. Right. But like, is that Colorado's clearing the decks to bring back Kerfoot? 
Well, and 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 he even acknowledged like I, he's like I sat there and just thought about it and thought about it and couldn't figure out anything. That right there is the only thing that came to my mind where and and again, I don't know unless you're talking Sam Gerard. Yeah, I was going to say like if you're talking like Gerard for like a Nylander, yeah. then... why why would Toronto want to do that i I don't get why either team would want to do that this is this is why this is the thing that we keep running into is that it's like i'm not sure you can see where there could be a fit here there could be a fit there but why would you do this right yeah i I... (sighs) because for all the reasons that you would be like oh colorado would want a guy like yeah sure like a guy like wayne simmons toronto would also want him for those reasons (laughs) yeah yeah and and, uh... I don't know. Yeah, it just it just that that's one of those ones though that, that like you said, if, if we're looking for something out of left field, a, a big splashy trade between Colorado and Toronto would absolutely be out of left field. Um, yeah, I I I know that there, it's been turned down, um, denied by uh, AJ, your sources, other people's sources, and I really I don't think that it's going to happen, but just the Patrick Kane stuff, the fact that it came up at all. I I, No, I know, but I'm saying again, we're we're talking stuff out of left field here where if it's not Giroux, what, what are you loading up for? And, you know, we've, we've heard GMs and teams deny stuff all over the place. And then it happened the very next day. Uh, I mean, for a while there, if Mark Bergevin said that you weren't going anywhere, pack a suitcase. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I I'm sitting here, like you're saying, I know there's a lot of teams around Giroux. It sounds like there's more teams out East that are maybe offering a little bit more. Um, so, so you just try to sit here and say, okay, what could they be building for? And I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. All of this stuff is too much of a teaser. Yeah, but that's the the boat the Evs have put themselves in now is it feels like they have to do something fairly significant. Whatever that ends up being, cross that bridge when you get there, right? But if you come out of this trade deadline without a big move, you're going to be looking at this Tyson Jost trade and going, well, maybe it made them a little better, but it doesn't make a ton of sense. So... Yeah, we'll I just, I just, just can't shake the feeling that something weird is their big move that they're going to make a big move and it's going to be somebody that nobody's talking about. I'm here for it's it. It's not, it's not Drew. It's not Hurdle. It's not any of these names that have been. It's not Kane. It's not anybody that that has been talked over. It's not JT Miller. Right. Someone I just can't, someone I can't shake in, it, man. Someone put in the chat to brink at which. He was the name that I was shocked wasn't on the list that Chicago said we're not moving from these guys. I was like, he would be at the top of my list if I'm the Hawks. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's I mean, the, the, I keep coming back to Mark Shifley and just wondering what the Jets yeah. are going to do. But I think that that's a I think that's a summer thing. So yeah, so. I don't know. They're they're. They're working on something, and, and I do still think that Giroux is in the mix. Um, I still think that's a conversation they're having, but 
Um, yeah, like you said, this this feels like the one that nobody saw coming type thing. Yeah. All righty. Well, any any final thoughts on the Storm Joe's trade? All good. Okay. The you chat, you know the deal. We'll be live every time the Avs do something like this. So I was gonna say, let's try this again. <laughs> I'll see you guys for the game. We made it <laughs> not even twenty-four hours between the third our... time I've told you guys that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I have to write another trade story. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't uh, worry, you've got until eight thirty. 9 30 yeah, for you ridiculously yeah. late start yeah 9 30 yeah this is gonna be a shitty week but you know we'll be live pre-game post-game tonight and every time the abs do anything else meaningful trade deadline related so be sure to like and subscribe here on youtube go to dnvr.com to check out all of our dope stuff yeah uh that's all we got on this one so we will talk to you guys in what, like six hours, seven hours is when pregame starts. Hope Unless to see make you there. Trade. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could be 30 minutes. We don't know. <laughs> uh, either way, we'll talk to you on the next one.